Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. And uh, wow, after singing like that, I don't know uh, much scripture needs to be read. What a morning so far. I'm so honored to be here with you guys this morning. Before we get into our Kingdom Life series, though, I wanted to mention, and I think Todd mentioned it already, but just wanted to say again what an incredible night Fields of Faith was all over Saline County and want you to be encouraged by the young people of our community. It was a, an awesome blessing at all four high school campuses in Saline County, and I was uh, particularly encouraged by the amount of adults and uh, just leaders that were out there, but then the students just came flooding out. And to hear testimonies from 16, 17, 18-year-old students in front of literally hundreds of their peers was uh, remarkable. And I, I actually got to speak at the Benton one, and I said, I, I can't imagine speaking in front of this many people at the age of 16, 17, 18, or 43, but here I am. And uh, it, the, the courage that they showed and the boldness that they showed was really, really uh, to be commended. And I uh, just wanted to tell you that your students are looking for a movement. That was their phrase, looking for a movement and not a moment. And I want to invite you, uh, church, to join in with them as they try to change this community for Jesus. It was an awesome night. And if you see uh, teenagers or leaders from the FCA, I encourage them because they are uh, really working on a movement. This morning, we're in Matthew chapter 6. And let's not forget, as we open our Bibles to chapter 6, that from uh, Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7, Jesus is preaching one sermon. Does he cover many topics? Yes, he covers many topics, but they all flow together. I think it's important for us to remember as we study this that Jesus is not just randomly trying to fit in as much information and as uh, much instruction as he could while he had their attention. I don't believe he sat them down and just went from topic to topic to topic and tried to get as much stuff into their brains as he could while they were all paying attention. I believe he's preaching one sermon that flows together. He's teaching kingdom life. He's teaching what a life of following Jesus should look like and how a relationship with him challenges everything about our human nature and that should cause us to live differently. Last week we read about one pitfall that a believer has a potential to face. Remember we said that as Jesus challenged them to be perfect as their heavenly father was perfect, he knew that there were going to be pitfalls. And last week we talked about the pitfall of the praise of men. The first part of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus warns us to check our motives. He knows how alluring attention can be. Remember, he is the God-man that experienced everything that we do. Don't you think he was tempted by the praise of men when he walked around on this earth as he performed miracles and his crowds followed him? Jesus would have been tempted by the praise of men. But through it all, his motive remained carrying out the Father's will. We talked about our motives last week. Jesus made it very clear what his motive was as he was being tempted by all of these same things that we face today. His motive was carrying out the Father's will. And last week we closed with the question, if no one knows but God about your generosity, about your prayer life, about your acts of righteousness, if no one knows but God, are you okay with that? I hope that and pray this week that you've checked your motives as I've uh, caused myself to check my motives as well. 
Because the praise of men is a pitfall that we all have to watch out for. We can't relax in this kingdom life, even if we've checked our motives. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we know that he uses traps like the praise of men to get us. Jesus goes right into another warning of another danger that we have a tendency to face in verse 19. That's where we're going to be, pick, be reading from this morning, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And I believe, as Jesus does throughout this sermon, he flows from one topic to another for a purpose. And he goes right in from checking our motives now to looking at something else that could be a major pitfall as we try to live this kingdom life. Look at verse number 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for the whole body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now before I lose you and you tune out because you think that God's plan for you is to be poor and needy or that God uh, is saying here to close out all your retirement accounts and get rid of everything you own, don't lose us. I don't believe that's what he's saying. He's speaking about something that's relevant to all of us and maybe if you're especially offended by that, maybe he's especially speaking to you this morning, but Jesus is speaking of priorities. He's speaking of priorities in this passage. It's um, Priorities are something that we all have. But you know, I got to thinking about this, and you may not even be able to name what your priorities actually are. And you say, well, what do you mean by that, Nick? That sounds silly. <clears throat> We're going to step on some toes, including my own, really early this morning. Because, see, your list may not be the same as someone else's list of your priorities. You may say, my priority is time with my family. And your family may say, your priority is work. You may say, my priority is providing for my loved ones. But your family may say, your priority is buying more toys. You may say, my priority is my relationship with God. But your kids may say, only on Sunday. Told you we were going to get personal quick. But I want us to face the reality that we all need to consider in our lives before we study what Jesus' warning was here this morning. See, I don't think that we need to just gloss over it and say, no, I got my priority, priorities in line. But are your priorities really what you say they are? Priorities are a big deal, especially if what we say they are and what they actually are don't match up. Then we become like Jesus was talking about earlier in chapter 6. We become like the hypocrites. Someone put it this way. Hypocrites are like boaters who look one way but row another. In other words, you say, I'm going to go in this direction, but I'm working toward and putting all my effort in going in that direction. 
We've got to check our priorities. Are they what we actually say they are? So you might say, well, what, what do kingdom life priorities look like? Verse 19 and 20. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. This store up word here literally means treasure. So what Jesus is saying in verse 19 is don't treasure treasures. And in verse 20, treasure these treasures. In other words, place a high priority on them. Focus on those things. What are the treasures that Jesus is talking about? He's, it's not about which things are acceptable. We're not going to cover which things are acceptable and which things are not. Jesus is not addressing the what. He talks about the where. Where are those treasures at that you're prioritizing? Don't treasure treasures on earth. Do treasure treasures in heaven. Even on the surface, without looking uh, really deeply at what Jesus is saying here, this is very very practical wisdom. See, everything that we gain here on earth has potential to vanish, to, to rust, to fade away. The song we were just singing, all else fades away. And Jesus uses the illustration here of moths and rust and thieves, all that have the ability to destroy. In other words, anything worldly that we can treasure is subject to loss. On the contrary, heavenly treasure, a reward, is locked in. Has anyone ever been to a vault? I've been to several places that had a big vault. The, the only one that I can remember actually walking in, though, uh, the largest one that I can remember going in is for what was, is regarded as one of the best-kept secrets for the last 125 years. You see, this man named Asa Griggs Candler bought a formula from a pharmacist named John Pemberton. And if you pay attention to the details here, you can figure out that that vault is in Atlanta and that door there has a Coke bottle on it. That's where they keep the Coke formula, in the big vault. That's the, probably the largest vault that I can remember going in. And as I thought of our heavenly treasures being locked in, I thought of a vault in a secure place. Now, you might Nick, are you comparing earthly or heavenly treasures to Coca-Cola? No. But I want you to think about how secure your treasures in heaven are. Nothing can touch them. Eternal things don't fade. They don't lose value. They don't get taken away. And don't let your mind go only to material priorities. Uh, earthly treasures can be men's applause. Don't just think about money, losing money in the stock market or whatever. Earthly treasures can be applause that also fades away. Relationships that are broken. Attention. that Men's applause. That fades away. All of those things can be a trap of the enemy and take our focus. All of which can disappear. So where are your priorities? Are they on earthly treasures? Are you treasuring earthly treasures or are you treasuring heavenly treasures? And you might say, well, Nick, I, I honestly don't know. You've got me considering maybe, maybe, my motive, maybe my treasures, my priorities aren't matching up with what I say. I'm listening now. Where are my priorities? Good indicator, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Someone said, your heart follows treasure like a sunflower follows the sun. It chases after it. It aims towards it. 
If you don't know what your priorities are, what you're actually treasuring, ask yourself some of these questions. What are you thinking about? Where does your mind wander to? What do you talk about? You say, Nick, you mean I can't talk about the game last night? I mean, come on, it's the playoffs. It's the baseball play. I can't talk about the game. No, you can talk about the game. Jesus said don't treasure earthly treasures. In other words, don't count these things of the here and now as the best things. It's priorities. There's nothing wrong with talking to your co-workers. In fact, that's a good end and making relationships and uh, investing and inviting because you know what they enjoy and you can talk about the game. But don't count earthly things as the best things. You ever heard that phrase, the best of both worlds? One of our kids had a Hannah Montana guitar, and when you push the button, it sang, it sang the phrase, the best of both worlds. So that's ingrained in my mind over and over and over again, the best of both worlds. This is what I call the best of both worlds. Heavenly treasure, relationships with Jesus, generosity, kindness, love, those things are the best things and the best of both worlds. They don't fade away. They won't fade. They won't rust. They won't be destroyed. They're locked in. Heavenly treasures are the best thing that we can seek here on this earth and they're the best because they are locked in for eternity. The next couple of verses, as we read earlier, you might have been saying, I think Jesus just lost his train of thought there. <laughs> Keaton came in my office earlier in the week and he said, what is, what is going on? What, what is Jesus saying here in verse 22 and verse 23? It's almost like he, just, he lost his train of thought. And if you uh, didn't uh, know any better, you might uh, refer to it like Arnold did on different strokes. Is what I thought of when I saw this. Some of you older folks in the room may know. Chris knows what I'm talking about. What you talking about, Willis? It's kind of what was going through my mind as I read verse 22 and verse 23. Let's look at it closely. It says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And this passage could be explained a number of ways, but the easiest for me to understand is that the eye is a conduit to the heart. In other words, it's a passageway into the heart. Your eye focuses on what you value and brings it in to your heart. And Jesus is here is saying the world offers endless attractions, or for believers, distractions, right? Distracting us from Heavenly treasures. The world offers so much that our eyes can see and that our eyes focus on and it brings it into our heart. Jesus says it corrupts our heart. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. That sounds like misplaced priorities to me. Proverbs 27, verse 20 says, Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Is your eye good or is your eye bad? What are you focused on? Where are your priorities? And again, you may want to double check. 
as we opened up with. Are they really what you say they are? Look at the back half of verse 23. Jesus said, if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep the darkness is. In other words, I think my priorities are right, but they're not matching up with how I'm living. Jesus said, if you think your, your eye is good, but you're focused over here, how deep of a darkness you're in. You're fooling yourself, like the parable that we read earlier. Maybe time to change your priorities, your values. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Changed his values, changed his priorities. See, when your eye focuses on heavenly things, it's a conduit to the heart, creates heart change. Then your treasures change. Zacchaeus, the Bible tells us of a story named, about a man named Zacchaeus. You all know the story. Short man climbed up in the sycamore tree. Jesus didn't ask Zacchaeus when he met Zacchaeus. He didn't ask him to sell off all his possessions or give his money to the poor. He asked to come over to his house. And once Zacchaeus met Jesus, we read the verse in Luke 19, verse 8. It says, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, and he said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. See, when he met Jesus, his treasure changed. Maybe you struggle with this passage from the very get-go, from the very moment we read this section of verses. Maybe you struggle with it because you've never met Jesus. See, some of us in this room know this to be true, that when you meet someone who loves you in spite of your sin, who loves you in spite of your mess-ups and your failures, so much so that he died for you and offers you eternal life, when you meet someone like that, your treasures change. That kind of love will change our priorities. Where are your priorities at this morning? You might still be on the fence a little bit. It's important to know that by definition, our priorities can't be on the fence. They can't be neutral. See, priority literally means superior in position, a preferential rating. So you can't be on both sides of the fence. Priority means you picked one. In other words, earthly and heavenly treasures can't both be our priority. Jesus says that in verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for you'll hate one and love the other, You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, again, we don't want to just think about that paper money. That word money there is the Hebrew word mammon, meaning wealth, riches, property, gain. It's not just talking about paper money. You cannot serve earthly gain and God. A disciple's got to make a choice between two competing treasures. And they do compete, right? Notice Jesus' language here as he says, no one can serve two masters. 
He's referring to a slave and not an employee. See, I could have two jobs and two employers, but a slave would belong to one owner that demanded exclusive service. You can work two jobs, but you can't serve two masters. In our parable earlier that we read in the, in the scripture reading, Jesus said, only a fool, only a fool would choose earthly gain over heavenly reward. Why? Because heavenly treasure is the best of both worlds. It's the best thing we can seek right here on earth, and it's locked in for eternity. I want you to turn to one more passage before we close this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and look at verse 17. And take this in as we think about what our priorities are, where our priorities lie. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 17. The Bible says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, moths, rust, thieves. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Verse 19, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. True life. Kingdom life. It's a tough passage this morning as I think we all have competing priorities, competing treasures in our life. Because the earthly ones are so intriguing they're so alluring, but they rust. They fade away. They disappoint time and time and time again. And Jesus said a fool would chase after those things and miss the heavenly reward. I heard someone say one time, Jesus doesn't ask people to agree with him. Nowhere in his teaching does he say agree with me. He calls them to act. This morning, it'd be a shame if we walked out of here and said, that's good teaching, Jesus. I agree with that. It doesn't change anything about our lives. You know what that, he would call that? I think he'd call it a fool. <laughs> this morning, as we have read hard words from Jesus, I invite you to consider where your priorities are. See, these are some pitfalls that we can fall into as we Chase after living like Jesus. As we live the kingdom life, our motives can get all messed up like we talked about last week. Our priorities can get all messed up. And we can say we're going that direction, but everything about us is heading that way. It's time to make some changes, I believe. Real life, kingdom life, begins with a relationship with Jesus. This morning... It really doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what you're storing up. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, all of it's worthless. I beg you this morning, if you have never met that man who can change your treasure when you find out how much he loves you, make today the day that you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. 
The rest of us, ask yourself, where are my priorities? Are they on heavenly things or are they on earthly things? I want to invite you also to respond by dropping in those connect cards. If there's some way that we can hold you accountable, if we can pray with you through this kingdom life, write it on those cards. If you need to speak to someone in person, there'll be some friends back in that connect corner. They would love to talk with you. I'll be right down front. would love to talk with you about how Jesus Christ can change your life. And I'm counting on us because I think we all agree that Jesus calls us to action. So I'm counting on us this week, like I hope we did last week, checking our motives. I hope this week we're checking our priorities as we go throughout our week. What are we calling the best things? Doesn't mean you have to turn off the ball game, but what are you calling the best things? What are you placing your hope and your trust in? Heavenly things or the things of earth that fade, rust, and are destroyed? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this warning in Scripture. Lord, you know us. You know where our hearts would wander to. You know what would attract us. And you give us such clear instructions here to watch out, to stay alert. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room, myself included, would check my priorities. Would see if we're going the direction that we say we want to go in. Lord, I pray above all that if someone in this room does not know you as their Savior, that they would place their faith and trust in you and you alone to save them from their sins that have destined them to a life forever apart from you. Lord, may we be a people, a church that acts when you speak. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.